Winning Retirement Radio. So many bits of financial news we need to address this week. And, yes. and there's a lot for the new year. New things, <laughs> new you, new finances, new accounting, all the all the new things. We'll get to all of that with your special guest in just a few moments. But if you have specific questions, link up with us anytime by visiting LegacyRetirementGroup.com. Kristen, you hold your license in the insurance lane and focus on helping the clients of Legacy Retirement Group plan for income when they stop working. But today you have invited two guests from Harper & Company CPAs to help us shed some light on things that small business owners need to consider when it comes to retirement and some new rules regarding RMDs. Well, I mean, you're in for a treat because Glenn Harper of Harper CPAs. He is not your normal CPA. He has a personality (laughs) to match my friend Julie, who's also here, the practice manager. Find out more about what they do and see if they could be a fit for your needs in and around Columbus by visiting harpercpaplus.com. But Kristen, you know better than I that one of the big passions at Harper & Company CPAs is Julie being a practice manager and hands-on helping small business owners. And I'm just going to start this by saying Julie's not the normal practice manager. She has an MBA. I've known her for 15 years, 16 years. Yeah, as long as I had Christian and just a dynamic person overall, but also award-winning speaker. And she is very passionate about entrepreneurs, especially women in business as well. And so we're just the perfect matchup because, as you know, Kristen, I'm passionate about that as well as you are. That's right. Well, welcome, Julie. You know, we both have seen each other green and worked our way through. And here we are today. And I think collectively we cheer for everybody, every woman at the table in business. There's enough room for success everywhere we go. And I think along that way, how we are tied together is that entrepreneurs and how do we, you know, get everybody to get out of their own way. I think Kristen and I both have our stories of, you know, helping people get out of their own way to be able to see a bigger picture and maybe run the business instead of be in the business. And I think that's our passion is, you know, trying to have a proactive approach rather than that reactive approach that I think a lot of people have. Kristen, we've talked for many years here on Winning Retirement Radio that the reason most of our listeners save and invest in 401ks and other workplace retirement accounts is so that they can use that money to support their lifestyle when they stop working. However, if you've pursued the American dream of having your own successful business, it doesn't usually work the same way. But one day, after years and years of sacrifice and hard work, a business owner, male or female, is going to want to or have to retire for whatever reason. Kristen, at Legacy Retirement Group, how do you help entrepreneurs retire comfortably without a traditional retirement plan? And how can a CPA be of assistance? And the retirement part of the whole equation, you know, we are working with a nest egg that's already been accomplished, right? There's a chunk of money that they have, or I like to call them piles of money, you know, that they have saved up over the years. They might have old 401ks from old jobs, and then they went out on their own, and now they have their retirement accounts from being business owners, and we're helping them kind of get through and pay themselves during the process of retirement, which is not a new thing for business owners because so many business owners have to pay themselves as they're starting out and and working through the process of figuring out their accounting for their business. And we have Glenn here, like I mentioned before, Glenn is an accomplished entrepreneur and CPA. He is a dynamic guy. 
I actually met him years ago, and I kind of had this thing about mixing friendship with business with Julie because Julie was mm-hmm. running the practice, and I liked what they were doing over there. She was making the practice grow. Gosh, she doubled, I think, their revenue in two years. I mean, she just got them to the next level, and I wanted to be a part of it, but I was worried about mixing friendship and all that, and I sat down with Glenn once. What was it, about four years ago, Glenn? Probably five. Five years ago, and I loved him. I loved every bit of what he had to say, where he was going, and Greg, he's not here, so we get to just throw him under the bus. We have multiple (laughs) things to throw him under the bus about. By the way, I FaceTimed him earlier to ask a question, and he was actually on a bus traveling, and I said, I'm throwing you under the bus that you are on because he messed with things in the studio. Please continue. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. We'll further continue that by saying that he really messed up things in the studio, but that's okay. We We fixed them. (laughs) Yes, we got it now, but Greg was still unsure about mixing the friendship thing, which is a smart Mm. thing to do. You know, you want to be careful with that, but We had a few things going on with our practice and getting it structured properly as we started growing substantially. And I said, okay, I think it's time to bring Harper and company on and have them help fix some of our issues with our structure. So Glenn, I think you're better suited to answer this question. Of course, we're not CPAs here at our office, but that's a part of the conversation so often. And we've called you with questions that our clients have had. What do you think is important for a small business owner as they're starting out, but also entering into that last phase of being a business owner and maybe selling their practice or selling whatever business they own and then entering into retirement? The hardest part with entrepreneurs is that generally entrepreneurs leave their employment or decide to start a business and they go into making themselves a job and they're going to be self-employed, but they work twice as much as they used to when they're working for themselves and they just can't get out of their own way because they're just doing a job. When they get the light bulb, when they can finally figure out, oh, there's more to this than just grinding something out, they can then go from doing business to building a business. That's the part of enlightenment that's fun with an entrepreneur to help them recognize that. At Harper & Company, that's what we do and we tag team with different members of our team. Julie helps, I help. We've got a staff of 12 people, 13 I think now that come in and basically evaluate what that client is really trying to accomplish. Most entrepreneurs are so busy doing work, they forget, what am I trying to do here? They're just grinding out on the hamster wheel. And ultimately, when they can step back and take five minutes, an hour, a day, and just have some great deep thought of what their direction they're trying to go, now we can find out what they want to do. And once we find out what they want to do, then we can develop an action plan for that. Because 100% of businesses will exit. Most businesses will not make it. They don't necessarily fail, but they have to retool, retreat, and come back in a different way. And so just planning for those contingencies and understanding what their goals are, the job is to help them be in the best position to achieve the success. Something that we really try to do at Harbor & Company is understand each entrepreneur's goals. And we've even tried to take it a step further that before you can even become a client, we need to understand, Glenn calls it the manifesto, and to really understand where you are and where you're going. Because it's really hard for you know Glenn and our team to really make some of those hard decisions and to understand where we're going and what we're doing if you aren't able to articulate that to our team. And what we found is most people don't even take the time to do that on the annual basis, you know, biannual basis. It's like they're 10 years in and then all of a sudden they're hit with like, oh no, Where am I going and what am I doing? And so really making people come to fruition on those is where I think we really set ourselves apart. 
I'm glad you brought that up, Julie, because that was part of the process of us coming on board. You know, some of the questions you asked me, I'm thinking, oh, I don't really know the answer to that. Should I know the answer to that? And he just kind of smiles and waits for you to keep talking like he's doing right now. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, he really encouraged me to make that a part of the conversation. Do we plan on ever retiring ourselves? You know, Greg loves what he does. I love what I do. We don't really see ourselves fully retiring, but what if we brought on other advisors? What if we transitioned our practice a little bit? What did that look like? What does it look like if you plan on selling it? So if you're a an attorney, maybe that might be a conversation to have, or I know you work with many, many successful business owners in town. If they have products that are sellable, if they, if they want to transition to selling, but maybe not selling their intellectual property, As a part of it, I know there's lots of things you do creatively there. There's lots of options. And and ultimately what happens is the entrepreneur, again, they generally work because they just know what to do work-wise. They know their particular discipline and they do it very well, but they don't know how to run a business. So the big challenge that we have that we found ourselves being very successful at is helping the entrepreneur that's doing a skill set teach them how to run a business. And really it's an MBA 101, how to run a business. And they can do whatever a dentist, a doctor, an attorney, a financial advisor, you know, own a a, a fast food franchise, a plumbing supply. It doesn't matter what it is. They just don't know how to really run the business, but they know their particular thing that they do. So helping them understand what it means to run a business, what can I deduct? What expenses Mm. should I do? What are my margins? What should Mm -hmm. my labor as a percentage be? What entity structure should I be? Can I write off my big vehicle? All these things, the questions, they just don't know. And you really can't Google that. Mm -hmm. So you need a holistic approach to that. And when you give an entrepreneur, say, look, if you want to make X per year, you got to double that because the government takes half. It's where we start at. Mm -hmm. And then you back out all your expenses. I need you to sell X amount of dollars. As soon as you tell an entrepreneur that they have to sell a certain amount of dollars of revenue at a certain margin to get and make what they need to make, they are on it like a rabid dog. They just, okay, that's my target, and they go get it. But if they don't know, they just wall around out in the desert, and they're trying to figure it out, and they never put it together. You know, Glenn, as I think about this, business owners, typically, when they make a profit, it goes back into the company, and they don't have traditional retirement plans. But you were saying off the air that some of them do create a 401k for themselves. Yeah, I think what happens when you're an entrepreneur and you're just, say, doing business, Americans are great. We generally spend more than we make. Is that uh, great, really? really? Like... It's the dandest thing, <laughs> um, but it really is how it works. And what happens, we have a real job. You have sort of, sort of a guaranteed income coming in, and you can get away with that for a while. But when you're an entrepreneur, you wake generally up every day negative. So you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get control of your spending of what the money you need to take out of the company to live your household or whatever. I always say the success of an entrepreneur of a company is directly attributed to the financial demands the owner puts on it, meaning if you take out too much money, you don't have operating capital, and then you're probably going to be behind the eight ball as far as being able to weather the storm of uncertainty of income, unexpected expenses. So we try to get entrepreneurs to really set their personal expenses right first, that budget. Okay. Leave the rest of the money in the company, and then with that, you create opportunity and and options. And then the entrepreneur then has a choice. They're either going to decide to do, take some money off the table, out of their business, and divert it into a retirement account, and they generally can get a guaranteed deduction today for that, depending on the type of retirement plan they do. 
And that is a very appealing tax-saving strategy today. You're going to pay tax down the road uh, when you pull the money out, but that's so far we don't really worry about that. We want to get the tax benefit today. But other entrepreneurs are like, wow, I might save 40% of my taxes today by putting money in my 401k, and then I'm going to let that grow tax-deferred for another 20, 30, 40 years, whatever it is, and then pay tax then. That's an appealing strategy, and that sounds good. But also, they're saying, well, if I don't put away X amount of dollars in retirement and I don't save my 40% and I go put that money back in my business and I hire a sales rep, save a marketing company or whatever, and try to grow the business that way, I'm going to maybe generate a 5,000% on that because I'm growing my business exponentially. Hmm. So they have these challenges of which way is the best way to do it. And sometimes, well, even when we take money off the table and put it into a retirement account, sometimes we have Roth IRA options, which means you pay tax on the seed but not on the harvest. Whereas a traditional retirement plan, you don't pay tax on the seed, but you pay tax on the harvest. So there's no right or wrong answer for an entrepreneur which way to go. It's really a decision that they're going to come to by talking to their financial advisor, like Kristen and Greg, and say, hey, here's my goals. Can you get me some security or some sort of rate of return that fits into my retirement goals so I can get cash flow down the road? And I'll carve some of that out of my business and or... What is the right amount I should keep in my business to keep that thing growing and running? Hmm. And Glenn, I know you talk about it a lot with our clients, but let's take it one step further. What's something that people who have kids that are business owners can also do in regards to some of that retirement planning? So the fun part about that, again, a lot of the tax-saving strategies that you would do for, as an entrepreneur are all, and same with the financial advisor, if people make all their money and then they spend it all, you don't have any money to do any planning. So the first step as the CPA, the trusted advisor, and that relationship that we have is to try to establish those boundaries of where the buckets of money go and what's available. Once we do that, then that opens up Pandora's box to all the cool stuff we can do. And depending on the type of company you have and what you're trying to do, you can sometimes hire your children and pay them a reasonable amount of money, and you can deduct that from your taxes. The kids take that as income, but they make that money is less than the exemption, so they don't pay tax on it. And then they can put that same money up to 6000 bucks into their own Roth IRA. Now, you've not only taken that money out of your income tax, the kids took it tax-free, and the kids let that money grow tax-free for life in the Roth, hmm. and now that money's out of your state as well. I'm glad you brought that up, Glenn, because as people are approaching retirement, we have so many business owners that are looking for ways to kind of move some of that money before it becomes mm -hmm. a larger amount and has a big taxable withdrawal, you know, when they reach the required minimum distribution That's age right. or when they leave it with their estate to their children and grandchildren. Are there ways to do this type of planning as someone's leaving the workforce as they're maybe looking at retiring and trying to get some of that money into their family's hands early? So if you have a real job, the answer is no. A real job. Okay? <laughs> a real job. That's when you get paid by the man and you have to go to work and you get a paycheck, a W-2. There's not a lot of things you can do as far as spreading that money out because it's yours. When you have a business, you get to be a fully participant in the American experience as an entrepreneur. <laughs> I love that. And the entire tax code is at your disposal. Nobody wants to be abusive. There's just plenty of things in there that are basic, ordinary, ready to go. You just got to know how to do it because if you don't do it right, you are going to get that deduction clawed back. So you have to do things the proper way. And, and our job is to help do that. And the fun part of what we do is we work in conjunction with 
our clients' financial advisors, mm. our clients' attorneys, and we try to come up as a team approach to come up with the best solution from that that will last that scrutiny. Kristen, one of the things that sold me on Glenn was when I sat down with him, this isn't a you know public service announcement to only work with Glenn. He's one of the trusted advisors that we refer our clients to and the people that call into our office to that we know is going to do a good job. Mm -hmm. Is he for everyone? No. Will he take everyone as a client? No, just like we won't. Right. But he'll let you know either way. And one of the things he said to me when I sat down, he said, Kristen, would it matter what I charged you if I gave you the same amount of value in return or hmm. more? And I said, no, I don't care what you charge. If you can save me that much on taxes, I'll do it all day long. Of course. And so that was, the, I had an open conversation. He laughed. He said, you know how many people walk away when I ask them that? And I said, well, no, I get it. I get getting value for what I'm paying for, right? We have that conversation all day long on the radio with our practice even is you may be able to do things yourself as, you know, one of those robo investing sites or, mm -hmm. or, you know, plug and play, do things your own way, but you're only getting so much value out of that. It's only based on your knowledge. You're not borrowing brains, right? right. So we as a practice decided that we were going to invest in ourselves and borrow Glenn's brains, if you will, <laughs> and let him do those things that I don't have the capacity to do mm -hmm. that I don't really care to do. I did not do well in accounting <laughs> in college. I mean, oh, wow. I, I made it through, but it was not fun. So that's kind of the approach we've taken. And so I think as you're entering into this retirement phase, or maybe you're kind of coming up over the hump, you're maybe in your 50s and your income's coming in great, your business is thriving, but you don't know what the next step is. I think it's really important to start thinking about hiring someone to help you get your practice to that next level or get it ready for the retirement phase. There's so many things that happen. There's a plethora of knowledge out there, but there's a scarcity of putting it all together. Mm. And the specialization that each discipline has, whether it's accounting and strategy and taxes, whether it's retirement planning, investment accounts, whatnot, nobody's an expert in everything. And it's foolish to think that you can be that person. I mean, you can try, but odds are there's going to be a fraction of a percent that will do just fine. But the majority of the people will not know what to do and how to do it. And what that loses, you lose time. And if you lose time, you lose the ability to compound. You lose the ability to do all these cool things that you have to go to the school of hard knocks. Julie and I laugh about this all the time. If I knew what I knew today, 30 years ago, it would be a very different conversation. Most entrepreneurs go through the valley of death mm. and try to figure it out on themselves. And they fail miserably and they tick and tack and try to figure it out. And they just run in a circle. And all of a sudden, one day, somebody's like, well, here's the decoder ring. And you're like, oh, <laughs> my decoder. God. Ring. That's what it. Flashback. And next thing you know, you know all the secrets, you know how to do it. And oh, that's how you run a business. And this is how you be tax efficient. And that's the fun part of this. And Kristen, you should also know that he was one of those people that had one of those calculator watches too back in the day. So <laughs> just to paint the perfect picture it of was, Glenn. It was a Casio and it, you could actually oh. play a video game on it. It was awesome. I remember I that watch. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I am kind of an accounting nerd, but I'm not smart enough to actually be an accountant. <laughs> You'd be surprised in what we do for a living at Harper and Company and what Julie and I and our team do. Accounting is a functional piece that we have to do. There's spreadsheets, there's tax returns. That is a very small piece of what we do because once you know the numbers, you can type them in. You just got to know how to do it. The strategy is the fun part and that's where the value is. And that's why when you go to a financial advisor, it isn't about what stock to pick. It's about managing risk. It's about tolerances. It's about opportunities. It's about all those things. Who has time to analyze 
the 14 billion funds out there and companies. I, I don't. So what do you do? You hire somebody to do that for you and you pay them a reasonable fee and they can come up with those solutions for you. We mentioned the camera lens analogy often on the show where, you know, you have a prime lens that does one focal length very, very well. But a lot of times the camera will come with a lens that will have 70 to 200 or, or 30 to 200. And it's maybe not as good of a lens and it's trying to do too many things at once. So we don't want to do that here. There's a lot of practices out there that are financial advisor and attorney or you know, maybe they and do they accounting shoes, and some financial advising. The <laughs> they do all the things. And it's okay. They may be great and nothing sure. against them. But we just have taken the approach as to, okay, we're going to do what we do well. And then we're going to find others that do what they do really, really well. And we're just going to refer them to them. Connect anytime at LegacyRetirementGroup.com. I heard that the $1.7 trillion spending bill that Congress passed in late December includes two significant changes to require distributions from retirement accounts. Now, Kristen, you and Greg keep a close eye on any news and rule changes that might impact your clients' retirement at Legacy Retirement Group. What do we need to know about these changes well, you know, I think the biggest change for our listeners, the people that really invest in and in listening to our show every week, is the RMD age change. So the required minimum distributions, the date in which you have to start taking those dollars out of those deferred tax accounts like Glenn was referring to earlier, is now going to be 73. So it was previously age 70 and a half and it moved to age 72. Mm -hmm. Now this year it's going to be 73. And in 10 years, it changes to age 75. So here's the thing. When you read articles, it's like, woohoo, good for you. <laughs> um, it's changing and most people need to take that money out before then anyway. Okay, fine, great. But that's not true from the people I talk to every week so many of the people we work with on a day in day out basis they actually don't want to take the dollars out of there and mm. you know why because they don't want to pay taxes right they don't want that tax bill so they're trying to find ways to not take the money out if they don't need it and really the generation that is before our generation Kristen and, and Glenn and Julie they are savers they're not as easily spending that money as you would think they are mm -hmm. well the longer it sits there, the more taxes the government mm. will get from those distributions. So now it's going to sit a couple more years, five more years in the next 10 years. The age will be 75. So now that's a bigger dollar amount yep. Uncle Sam gets to get when you do take those distributions. So they're waiting a little bit, but they're waiting so that they can get a bigger dollar. I, I mean, when you agree? I always struggle this with clients, and, and we always end up deferring to the financial advisor as well because they're the ones that are modeling this for the clients. But, you know, just because you have to take the money out and just depending on the bracket that you're going to be in and depending on your financial planning that you're trying to do, should you take the money out more than you should? Should you time it right and convert it to a Roth? Should you you know, just take it all out at once. All these are different factors you have to worry about. But I think the biggest challenge is, like you said, Krista, most people that don't take any money out till they're 73, 74, 75, they don't need the money. And if you don't need the money, then should they do it as a state planning tool and convert to a Roth? Well, then it comes down to timing your income from other sources. So yep. you can glean off a little bit each year and maybe pay a very low tax and convert it and then can do it that way. 
But again, most people do trust the government and they believe it's in their best interest. But Wait, ultimately, who have you been <laughs> talking to? Yes, I, he's trying to be nice. He doesn't understand. We're not always nice. On oh, the show. hey, everybody. What? This is live. OK, so I, what I would mean by that is that there is such a small percentage of people that do Roth IRAs. And I'm not trying to incite any terror here. But as a general rule, when Social Security, when we first took that out, that wasn't taxable. But now it is. So at some point, all these retirement dollars that people are pulling out early and converting to Roths, at some point, these people are going to be of age where they would normally be taking money out and paying tax. Well, guess what? They're not paying tax at that point. So if you're the government and now you have a shortfall in your budget, what are you going to do? Say, well, anybody that takes money out of a Roth at this income level, making this much or this net worth, we're going to maybe tax it. Well, that's terrifying for some people. But the way the current code is written it's very advantageous to do those things. But right. you have to think about that as your you financial do. advisor. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's something, that Kristen, you know, Greg and I go back and forth. Greg likes mm-hmm. the rules as they are now. I'm always saying the what ifs and I drive him crazy. But <laughs> but I know just based on all this information, things will probably change at some point. Will you mm-hmm. be grandfathered in? Will it be different for the new people coming in? How they do that, I don't know. But understanding what rules there are now and what makes the most sense for you now definitely, like you said, it's advantageous to go off of that. Another change is the penalty. It was 50% and now it's 25% and 10% if you correct it quickly. Hold on a second. They are charging us less if we forget. Right. There's got to be a catch. This is not... I think the catch is that 10% if you correct it in a timely manner, because from Uh, my understanding, Glenn, correct me if I'm wrong, if you caught the issue and fixed it, generally it was like, you're fine. Correct. Right. There's a provision that you have to do it in a certain timely manner to get that relief from that penalty. So now it's a 10% penalty if you correct it in a timely manner. Was that 10% before? No, you can generally get it abated. That's if, what I thought. If you provide the proper documentation, you recognize, you go back and do the things, but it is a royal pain in the you-know-what to go back and figure it out. I don't think they're going to abate it anymore. Probably That's not. what I think this means. This is a great revenue. I, remember, I had a tax yep. professor at Ohio State, Krasniewski, and he was amazing. He goes, the tax code is not meant to be fair. It's meant to extract dollars. That's they, right. They know exactly who has the money and how to get it. There's a reason there's child tax credits. There's reasons there's retirement money is being taxed. There's a reason certain things are write-offs because they can tweak those things like dialing in on a little dial on the radio, and they can find out if they go after this, they're going to get so many dollars. Mm. So this penalty, they're going to let people keep it longer. Again, we're all 75. We're going to forget to take it out anyway because we're older. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to get an extra 10% just for fun. And guess what? The next year we forget again because we're even older. They're going to keep collecting 10% from us. That's what I think this shiny object here is. the Oh, it's not 50 anymore. It's 25. But now you've got 10%. It used to be you just kind of were okay. Now I don't think you're going to be. So that's that's one thing. I'm glad we, we're agreeing on a lot Well, I'm here. only on page 700 of the $55,000 oh, page gosh. bill, so I'm working through it. So I'll let you know in the next session. Keep now, the updated. other, uh, the there's no longer RMDs required from Roth accounts in employer retirement plans. So this kind of goes with what you were just saying, and my brain's kind of rolling here, and I'm thinking, okay, why are they taking that away? Are they going to be doing something with, the Roths and IRAs. So this is referring to Roth 401ks. You had to take an RMD out of those if you left them in there, correct, Glenn? I believe so. Yes. So now they're saying they're not going to have that. And so I think that this is like a precursor. I don't know. This is just a conspiracy theory. This is a precursor to what Glenn was saying earlier, which he kind of jumped the gun on me saying that, is that there might be some other changes here coming up. Hmm. 
The biggest thing that they're trying to accomplish with this is allow Americans to save more money towards their retirement to create emergency savings and a way to provide income in retirement. Yeah, so, right. This is all, they paint it that way, but at the end of the day, we all know what it's about. They have a lot to pay off. And who so, has the money, like you guys said before? Baby boomers. Glenn, there's one more thing I wanted to touch on. This doesn't have to do with the Secure Act 2.0. I'm putting you on the spot. The best place to be. But you told me we were able to kind of get under the gun at the end of 2022 about a change with Ohio taxes for business owners. You want to tell our listeners about that? Yeah, it's the SALT tax workaround. And what happened when the TCJ was signed by Trump back, I think, in 17, taxpayers used to be able to deduct their state, local, and property taxes in the full amount on their Schedule A as an itemized deduction. Well, when Trump put the new tax code in, he said, we're going to cap that at $10,000 per individual. So what happened, all these high-tax states, all of a sudden, the people living there couldn't deduct the state income tax that they were paying. So all the states started going around and saying, we're going to do a SALT tax workaround where if you have a flow-through entity like an S-Corp or a partnership, the partnership or the S-Corp can actually pay the state taxes on behalf of the partner shareholder okay. and the company deducts the taxes, so you get the full benefit of that federal and state deduction. Then the net of that flows to your, your tax return individually, and you now basically deducted your state taxes. Well, Ohio just did that this year in 2022. They finally came around to doing this. A lot of states were doing it. I think there's something like 38 states now that do that. Um, so it's a really great thing to know, and hopefully people did that. And if you didn't, you got this year, you can do it. That's okay. But it lets you deduct something that you otherwise were precluded from deducting based on the tax change. And that's where having an expert comes in because there's things you just don't know. I mean, I had no idea. That was something that always bothered me. I didn't even know it was a thing on the books coming down the pike to be able to be done in Ohio. So Glenn brought me in, his team sat down with me and told me what I needed to do to get things tied up to make that happen for the end of the year. And thankfully we got that done under the gun. So mm -hmm. some of those things, it comes down to borrowing brains. Like I said earlier, you really just don't know what you don't know, right? You need to study out those things and make it your full-time job in order to know what to do, or you can hire someone to help you with it. And so that's what we've done in our practice. And that's what we do with the listeners every day of the week that call in from the show. We help in the areas that they just don't want to uh, work on. I think it's important to note, so at Legacy Retirement, you guys just look at your clients' portfolios once a year, or do you guys do that throughout the whole year monitor them? Throughout the year. So that's the same thing with us. If you're seeing your tax prepare person at tax time, well, you just left everything on the table because you have to work with somebody throughout the year to get the best result. If you don't do the prior planning, you're not going to get a good result. And working with your team, CPAs working with your financial advisors, trying to figure out what the strategy is going to be. Should we put money in a Roth, a traditional, higher, lower conversion? All those things, that's where the value is. And if you don't have value, you can't make it work. When it comes to your retirement, you do need to stop and say, okay, what do I have going for me? 
And one of the things you have going for you is you have control over the assets you hold. Connect now at winningretirementradio.com. Greg Taylor is an investment advisory representative of Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the state of Ohio. The firm only conducts business in states where it's properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Legacy Advisory Network, LLC, and this station are not affiliated. The investment ideas and financial vehicles discussed here should not be considered to be personalized investment advice, nor are these recommendations to buy or sell any particular investment or product. The information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should first consult with the competent tax, legal, accounting, and other professionals regarding the applicability and the suitability of any investment ideas. Past performance is not guaranteed of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.